Well, you have a big mic. <laughs> yes. Compensating. Welcome to Buy This Comic, the show where you keep the vital and vibrant medium of comics alive by spending your hard-earned money on them. I'm your host, Jason Mojica, and this week we're joined by Guy Dulil. Yeah, that's right. All good. <laughs> Hello, Guy. Hi. Hi. Uh, Guy is the writer and artist of Factory Summers, a graphic novel originally published in French earlier this year. Uh, it's now available in English from Drawn and Quarterly. We'll talk to Guy all about it right after this brief word from our sponsor. Comics. They're not just for grown-ups anymore. Join the Hey Kids Comics Club and every month we'll send you a New graphic novel for kids ages 6 to 10, plus a members-only zine with lots of fun stuff in it. Go to heykidscomics.net to learn more. Guy, uh, so you're well known for travel-based memoirs, but this one goes back in time a bit to your teenage years in Quebec. Can you tell us a bit about the story and maybe why you decided to chronicle it now? Well... I think, well, I decided to chronicle it now because I'm over 50 and I've been thinking of doing that book a long time ago, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I was thinking uh, maybe I'm too young to talk about my memoir, so I'll (laughs) wait a bit. Now I'm 55, so I think I can can jump into my my memories. And um, so it just talks about these three three summers I spent uh, when I was in Quebec City and it had all the ingredients of a traveling blog a traveling um, a chronicle book because it's like going in a, in a country that factory because nobody's gonna go there it's very exotic with all these machinery pipes and smokes it was a lot of fun to draw as well hmm. and um, you get to meet these people that I met when I was 17 and for some reason my memory was uh, of that time was very vivid even though I have a very bad memory for like short short term stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> long term was a bit better I guess yeah once you've successfully published a graphic novel based on your travels or other life experiences I imagine you kind of develop a process for gathering useful material as you go you know you pay perhaps closer attention or take better notes maybe but with factory summers you're reconstructing much older memories i guess can you talk about how you approached that i mean you said it was for some reason very vivid but yeah how how did you piece it back together well i had this i had this flash because as a 17 years old going into a factory i was kind of shy shy person and then you're with these uh, factory worker they spend their life there you're just there for three months and you're mm-hmm. just a student so they don't pay much attention to you uh it was uh it was i guess very strong on my memory because uh, when I started the book, I said, well, I didn't, I, I thought first that it's not going to be a book. I'll just have a few anecdotes and I'll, I'll, okay, I'll try to work on that. So I start writing one sentence like, yeah, I remember this guy. Uh, and then, oh yeah, there was this guy. And then there was this situation. And um, after three or four page of anecdotes mm-hmm. like that, I was reading them back and I thought, well, I think I can make a book with that because there's more than I thought actually. And once I started to go back to really dive into the memory uh it, it it actually worked really easily yeah and throughout the books uh the pages as i was going in the book uh i remember the book was all finished for example and um, i was shaving looking in my and i noticed i had a little scar here on top of my forehead and i remember yeah that happened in the factory because oh, i was wow. trying to unlock something and that that, that and i i i, I 
hit my forehead and start to bleed. <laughs> so yeah. I said, oh, I have to put that in the book because it's important. And um, so I, I phoned my publishers, I have still one more page to add. She said, what, we're all finished. And so that's how it worked. And it was the same process as my traveling books, put all the, all together chronologically, what is in, interesting and what can be fun, weird and strange. Mm -hmm. So you get to meet the people, the situation and, the, and to explain the factory by itself and the work. Yeah. 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 Well, speaking of the work, you know, my six year old son is fascinated by shows like How It's Made, which are usually filmed inside of a factory of some sort showing, you know, very impressive machines and the people that operate them engaged in a fascinating process involved in manufacturing really ordinary products. And your book gave me the impression that factory work may not be as glamorous as it looks on TV to a six-year-old. Can you talk about the work itself? Yeah, I'm, I like these shows too. I guess that's why I like to explain stuff. And for me, it's part of the whole souvenir memoir, how to, there was that big crane. I remember we have the, all the buttons stop and go. And, uh, and when you are working there for the first time, uh, they train you how to use these cranes, which is actually great because you have these huge machine and uh, and you have to unbalance the because the weight is so big on, on these on these huge roll of paper. They're, they're big like a house, basically. So if you stop suddenly, it keeps moving like a pendulum all the time. Mm -hmm. So you have to compensate for that and just move it back a bit. So it's a bit to explain. It would work really well in animation, but in comic books, you can draw an arrow and explain a little bit. So, And I, I tend to have a lot of fun explaining things like that. And I put that all together in the book. Um, and uh, I think it has to do with... Um, it, it's a bit like the Moby Dick book by Melville because you have like three books in one. You have well the adventure, but there's there's one part where he goes and then from chapter to chapter he explains how you catch the whale and how you you chop it in pieces and keep the oil and it's mm -hmm, very technical mm -hmm, actually mm -hmm. and I really enjoyed that reading the book and uh, there's a bit of that so I like to put everything that I think is going to be funny, weird, strange. So it, it at the end it looks like a big postcard basically where I would write to someone how it was when I was 17 working for three summers in a big factory yeah and in between all of the hard labor you know there are scenes in the book that kind of show you trying to develop your art and there's a scene in which you've hung a page from a Mobius comic on your wall and you write I spend more time looking at that page than working on my own projects I wonder if you could talk about that a little bit yeah, well, while I, first I wanted to just focus on the factory and that's it. But then I realized that, well, I have to explain the context a little bit. If I work there, it's because my father worked there. So I talk about my relation with my father. And then my situation was I was an art student because I talked to the people on the in the factory that I'm in fine hearts, which they found completely weird. <laughs> and. Um, and then I, I, I had to explain the situation, what I was working on and drawing. And then once I was there, I thought, well, that would be interesting to explain what is a, a carrier, 
artistic career, which is which is mine, and where it starts. Well, for me, it started uh, around the corner at uh, at the bookstore where I, I was uh, taking books and reading comic books, and uh, mm-hmm. and I discovered all the big ones, uh, and I was not familiar with some of them that became for me the most interesting uh, artists that I know in comic books. Moebius, for example, was mm-hmm. one of them, and uh, Munoz and uh, that Argentine uh, Corto Maltese with uh, Hugo Pratt, mm-hmm. uh, of course, and I wanted to show that uh, it, it's some, it's something that develops, just like taste and music. Uh, you don't you don't listen to the same thing when you're 16 and when you're eight, and then from 16 to 18, uh, there was lots of gaps that you 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 go through, and I, I really I wanted to explain that a bit in the book. You also talked about discovering a lot of comic greats at your local library, and and imp- I would say that here in the US, impressive graphic novel selections are common these days in libraries, but they definitely weren't in the 1980s when your story takes place. So how did Canadians get so lucky? Well, it's that tradition of French comics. Uh, mm-hmm. We have all the French and Belgium comics from Asterix, Tintin, and Lucky Luke and all that, which were all there, obviously. But uh, as a teenager, I was very lucky because it was a brand new um, uh, bibliotheque, like a bookstore, mm-hmm. uh, a library, a library. And uh, and for some reason, they had all the recent stuff that was published in French, which I would see here and there in magazines, but I, I would never be able to read all that. And, uh, and I remember all the shelves that were there, I've read all the books at the, after the three years I was there. I've read all the comic books that were there. Even one, the one that I was not appealed to, I said, well, I'm gonna try because that was the last one. And that was great. That was very good. That was a very good teaching way, uh, a good way to learn uh, how to draw. Because when you do drawings, you're on your own. You don't have teacher that show you cartoon and comics, but not in these times anyhow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Going back to the process of reconstructing this story, what was the most difficult part and what were the surprises along the way? Well, what if this, for me, the main subject was the, the factory, the summer job. Everybody works at summer jobs and, and now everybody tells me their summer job. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have worked in factory actually. But my factory was actually uh, not an uh, industrial chain. It You had, the, you had to learn... Uh, how the the work was done so it was there was some subtleties in the work of of, of being a, a in a pulp and paper factory mm-hmm. um and one of the surprises was uh, like as i was saying i had to explain the the context which if I was there, it's because my father was working at the factory, so I got to to be able to be hired and work there. <clears throat> and uh, and and when I explained that, I had to explain well the relation I had with my father. I thought that was interesting. And then at the end, I realized that he was he was at the beginning, in the middle, coming back, and I was kind of looking for him. And then at the end, I it finishes with my father as well. So he was throughout the book and then after a while I realized well maybe that's more a book about my father mm-hmm. it is in a dotted line kind of and that mm-hmm. was a surprise and uh, well I'm glad it's in there but that was not planned yeah but it made uh, a sense narratively to put it there because it explains the situation in my relation with him yeah there, there's a scene uh, speaking of your father there's a scene where you visit his office and and you show yourself trying to memorize as much detail about the room and about uh, yeah about the room as possible 
knowing that or feeling that you'll never be there again. And it made me wonder if you were perhaps a born memoirist. I mean, basically paying attention <laughs> to these this level of detail from an early age. Well, it's funny because uh, uh, people that read that book, they, they do talk about uh, their father a lot. And a lot of them, uh, I'm not surprised. I mean, the relation with father back in the days, uh, a lot of it was like that. Not a lot of communication, and uh, well, mine was a bit special. But uh, and, but a lot of people uh, they talked to me. They said, "Yeah, my father was just the same, and all that." Um, and um, yeah, it was interesting to put that uh, in in the book, just the way it was, but just by little touch, because I don't want to be too. Um, uh, I, I'm not very good at talking about inti uh, intimate stuff, hmm. but uh, that book needed a little bit of that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So you live in the south of France. Uh, where do you shop for comics there? Um, well, it's funny because it's a small city, but there's like two main, uh, two uh, comic book shops just dedicated to that. And then you have three or four uh, general comic shop, uh, general uh, book store that sells comics as well. So it's really France is a country of comics because it, it's all over all the time. Sure. It's it's really present in the culture. Everybody, I mean, you have uh, critiques that talks about uh, comic books on radio, on TV, and yeah. it's it's great. Yeah. Would you care to name a favorite or two? Well, in Montpellier, the one I go to, it's called uh, Azimut with an S. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a good bookshop. Whenever I look for something, I go there. Excellent, excellent. So if you're in Montpellier, go visit it. Uh, and where can people find you online to keep up with what you're working on? And I guess what's next? Well, I'm, I don't have an Instagram or stuff like that. Uh, I'm kind of old school. I still work on paper. I don't have a, a digital a syntax. I, I, st I still like Chinese ink and erase. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I'm, but I have a blog which I've put uh, some of my my work and the stuff I do, the exhibitions I have once in a while. So it's it's like the old uh, the old internet time. I'm still with my blog, which works as an archive for me. And uh, I show uh, more stuff on my books, like uh, making of and stuff like that. Got it. And what's the address of that blog? Oh, it's my name. So it's uh, guidelil.com. Uh, Okay, well, Factory Summers is in stores now. Head down to your local shop and buy this comic. Guy Delisle, thank you for joining us. Oh, thanks a lot. And you listening in, please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating, and follow us on the social media. We are simply buy this comic, all one word. Goodbye. Goodbye.